Hey guys, just a quick one to head over to vwphysique.com where you can download your free bikini program to see how you can prepare for the rest of the 2020 season if it goes ahead. If not, it will give you a rough idea of how you could train to prepare for the 2021 season. Thanks guys. and enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Um, it is my pleasure to introduce the one and only Phoebe Hagen to the podcast. How are we doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing not too shabby, uh, not too shabby for a rainy day here in Scotland. Uh, not... Yeah, it's rainy over here as well, too, fair, so it's, it's, it's everywhere, I guess. <laughs> Wicked. Now, I know that you're an inspiration to many female competitors and athletes out there, but there might be some females listening to the podcast um, that are completely new to this, and what I'd love you to do is just give yourself an introduction of you know who you are, what it is you do, uh, how long you've been in the game for, um, and whatnot, and so we can just get a little bit of background information before the episode gets, gets cracking. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, my name is Phoebe Hagen. Um, I'm 25 years old. I have been competing since 2016. Um, I turned pro in 2018. It's actually today. It's been two years exactly since I've turned pro. So um, wow. that was an amazing day. And yeah, ever since then, I've obviously been competing in IFBB pro shows all around the world, um, in America, Europe, uh, loads of different places, which is really, really fun. Um, I've built up my name in the bodybuilding community, the fitness community, all that type of thing um, throughout that time. And yeah, I, I have loved doing that ever since, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, I've been com- I've competed a lot. I know that's obviously what we're going to be discussing uh, today. Um, I think, I don't want to say I've competed the most amount of times, but I've competed a lot for my age, for 25 years old. I know obviously people that have competed way more than me, but they're older. So I don't know if I'm the youngest I have competed as many times as I have, but um, we'll see. I've competed a lot of times, I won't lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I went on your website and uh, it said 28 shows in yeah. in four years. Which, yeah. Which is insane. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's like... A lot of shows. I'm sure that someone over the course of like a 15, 20, 25 year career has maybe not done as many as that. So Yeah, like I'm, it's it's a lot. Like if I look back at it and I'm like, I don't actually know how I even did that many shows, if I'm honest. I don't know how, how I got through that many shows. Um, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and, you know, I have a female coach that works for me and she actually said, hey, Vaughn, could you get Phoebe on the podcast? Because she's such a huge inspiration to me. Um, which was one of the main reasons why I reached out to you, but also we work with a lot of bikini girls and they all follow you and look up to you. So I figured Oh, that's so sweet. I, I figured it was it was great to just get you on and kinda of just really hone in on your own personal experience sort of throughout the years. Um okay, not many years, because as you said, you know, you're maybe twenty five. <laughs> but twenty eight shows in, in four years is is an unbelievable feat. Now you've had a lot of success in that, but what I wanted to maybe sort of dig into was where did it all start for you? You know, what was the defining moment that inspired you to say right? Or, or did it just kind of all snowball together and before you know it, you're like, oh my God, I'm 25 and we've done 28 shows. So can you take it, Can you take me back to the start, maybe maybe when you first picked up a weight and then how it all developed from there to where you are now? Well, it was about 2000, and if I'm honest, I haven't actually been training as long as people think as well. So it was back, back until probably about 2013, I would say, um, where I started trying to get into fitness like I was probably like you you'd call the typical cardio bunny I kind of just went on the treadmill did sprints or I was on the stepper um tried to do a few exercises to like body weight hit not much um about weight training or anything like that I didn't really research it as as much and kind of the typical girl like like lifting weights makes you 
bigger, bulkier, so I didn't really want to touch weights. Do you know what I mean? That was Absolutely. kind of my persona on it. So I was like, okay, let's do loads of cardio, all that type of thing. Um, and I actually was a cheerleader for eight years, um, and we actually went to America, and that was the turning point where I knew I could dedicate myself to bodybuilding because of cheerleading because it's very much so the similar dedication like you have to put your all into it you have to go to training like every like every week or we did training like five times a week which was pretty much similar to what a lot of bodybuilders do in terms of gym going to the gym five times a week or more um so I was already I already knew how to dedicate myself from uh cheerleading so that taught me dedication um and actually the cheerleading facility that I used to go to um is next to it still is next to a bodybuilding gym so I started um getting older obviously I was a bit getting a bit older now too old for cheerleading and I was like okay I want to try and like go to the gym so I just went next door pretty much went into the gym and I was like what like what is this place it was so different because I used to train at like a say like a like a, a fitness center where it wasn't really like uh like a bodybuilding gym there wasn't really machines it was pretty much like dumbbells and cables um so I went in here and I was like wow this is insane um and there wasn't wasn't like massive amount of equipment but it was like enough to be like wow this is really cool um and that was back in 2015 um and yeah I started working there for work experience because I was like I want to be in this and the people that were working there kind of were in into bodybuilding all that type of thing and taught me a little bit about it um and I actually met my partner there um as well so and we've been together for almost five years now and so he showed me the bodybuilding world and he was like why don't you just do a show and I was like okay and I just ran literally randomly was like yeah let's try and do a show and my first show was Mass SPC, uh, which was uh, which is a university-based um, federation. So you can only be a university student um, if, and to apply to this federation, obviously. And um, I did that, and it was really, really fun just to, like, get a vibe for bodybuilding. And then, obviously, from there, I was like, I love this. I want this to be my career. At the time, I was actually in, in university for business to... Um, well, I was doing a personal training course and also at university to kind of merge the two together one day. And I actually, not a lot of people know, I do say it quite often, but not a lot of people remember is I actually quit university to become a full-time bodybuilder. Right. Um, that was when I wasn't placing. That was when I didn't have clients. I didn't have anything. I was like, but I want to put my all into this. And I know I've never been a very educational person in terms of going to university sitting down in a classroom and learning from that I've not I've always struggled with that even when I was a kid um and I wasn't enjoying uni and that was at the time the only thing that I loved was doing shows after shows that year 2016 I did eight shows and I would miss classes and obviously I'm not telling anyone to do this because this is just (laughs) stupid but I miss classes to university I like to do bodybuilding shows I missed out on work like I put my absolute all into bodybuilding because I knew that was what I wanted to do and um, in the end I quit my job I used to work in retail um at urban uh what's it called now urban fitness urban fitness yeah um oh no urban outfitters sorry urban outfitters I used to work there part-time for just obviously money purposes um quit there quit university I didn't even finish the course I just didn't want to be there sure um 
and yeah from that from there on out I was like I'm going to put my all into what I want to do and now here we are so <laughs> very long-winded but I we are now here four years later and yeah body wooding is pretty much my life <laughs> yeah I, I love that and it's it is such a common trait that when I think when I ask any successful bodybuilder like yourself um on sort of how it all started they all say they threw themselves into it and they give yeah. it their all you know, it's a very common thing to hear from successful bodybuilders. Now, class yourself 100% as successful. Now, eight shows in one year in your first season. I remember doing one show, my, my very first show, and I was dying. I was dead. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm never doing that ever again. How, no, I don't. How did you manage to, to sort of mentally deal with that? I mean, often females, quite low calories, high output. Was it different for yourself, or were you just like, you know what, this is fucking it, and, and this is the dream? Yeah, I mean... Oh, but the thing is, when I say, like, because obviously a lot of, again, a lot of males say that to me and be like, how did you do that? Like, I do find women, like, and their threshold for things, they can kind of upkeep it more sometimes. And also with bikini, it's a lot different to bodybuilding. So I get, like, bodybuilding's not harder, but in terms of the things that you have to do are a lot more stressful on the body. So um, I get that, like, doing eight shows for a bodybuilder is probably like, what? Like, there was no way I can do that. Um, But if I'm honest, looking back at it, there was no strategic to it. I just did it, and I kind of went for it. And in terms of health purposes, I still had, obviously, my monthly cycle each week. I've never really had an issue with, um, like, any health concerns or anything like my thyroid was always in check I've always been one for making sure that was in check before doing any of the shows um last year well yeah last year 2000 uh, 2019 we did eight shows as well in a very very short amount of time um to try and get qualified for 2020 olympia and my coach was like look do you want to carry on um I'm happy if you want to carry on but it's going to be a struggle and we kind of said look let's call it quits so we can kind of get back to normality obviously my body fat was very very low um so we can kind of obviously gain um some more body fat and get your mental state in a better place before we can kind of go in 2020 um so we always as much as i i wanted to carry on my coach was like i think let's pull back like and that's always been the case we've never overrun it and been like no let's push our body i mean there's a limit so I say, because bodybuilding, you push your body to limits anyway. Um, and it's very, there's a very difficult, oh, I'm not going to push my body too far, but you know, because I don't want to get that condition, but then you're going to have to do that at some point to get to that condition. Um, so it's very difficult. We've always, with my current coach now, um, Adam from Team Elite Physique, um, I do visit him quite often um, in Denver, in America, and um, get blood tests done and stuff, because he has doctors over there. So that's health is always a priority like as much as people always like oh my god eight shows like how did that's probably what you thought in terms of how did she hold up health wise like what happened like I've never heard of someone doing that because that's what I hear a lot as well um but no we've always made sure that my health was in check um before we even kind of went on obviously at some points probably my body was tired um I knew that going to some shows my body was a little bit tired than my like previous shows and stuff but um we still kind of went ahead for it and it was still a good turnout um sometimes you have to do that within bodybuilding you have to push that a little bit further to get what you want um yeah pretty much that i, I think that's a great point to emphasize that you that you kept saying or reiterating that for every show you made sure that health was in check because yeah. it is very frequent for many females out there to to lose their cycle 
when yeah. they are competing for a show, and then perhaps they maybe don't regain it fully. You know, they no. often say we need three in a row uh, to, to to class it as, as, yeah. as bad. I mean, it's very common for obviously when you get this low, it's very common to lose your monthly cycle. It's very common, and like you don't nowadays meet well. You do meet a lot of people that have your monthly cycles and stuff like that, which is obviously normal. You should be having them, um, but it is very common for people to lose them. Um, but it should be a priority to gain it back after your show and it shouldn't be like a priority to lose it or anything like that if that makes sense um or it shouldn't be i mean i say it shouldn't be uncommon but people kind of are like oh it's fine like i know this is normal but it shouldn't be the normal if that makes sense it shouldn't be oh i've lost it it's fine 100 percent agree with you i I was just wanting to reiterate a point that if perhaps females have had a loss of their cycle that and they haven't regained it for the next season it's not a good good idea yeah. to to prep again because you know the body's already still still is in a state of stress. But yeah. um, all that aside, you know what I wanted to kind of talk to you about was back in that first season when you did your eight shows. Was there an inkling, an idea of you know what I want to fucking be a pro? I want to make an Olympia. I want to make it the biggest stage in the world. Or did that develop over the years? Or did you know in that first year you wanted to go to that biggest stage in the world? I think it was probably my first and second show where I was, well, I'd say my second show most of all that I was like, I want this because my first show that I did, um, it was a, obviously it was a smaller show, um, but I did win it and I won overall, which was an amazing feeling obviously for your first show. Um, absolutely great. And I was like, I love this feeling. I want to do this more often. And then at the time you can be a fifth was like the top league um, show you go to to obviously get your pro card, um, your IPB pro card. And I was like, okay, that's the top of the top. I'm going to start straight there because I don't want to mess around. I don't want to try and do a smaller federation and like work my way up. I just want to go straight in there. Um, that's always the type of person I've been. I've been like, I want to go straight in from the best and work my way up. Um, and I actually obviously went from Mass SPC, which was obviously a smaller federation, to UQBFF, and I got sixth place, um, which was it's not bad but obviously from going first to sixth I was like ah that kind of sucks um but from that point I was like I don't want this feeling again to get lower I want to keep going higher do you know what I mean um so I was like okay let's do it again um I actually did the then I did the English Grand Prix and I got fourth and I was like okay this is better but it's still not top three because you needed to get top three to get an invite to the British finals um did Scotland um Grand Prix got fourth again and I was like okay this isn't like this isn't funny anymore I'm just gonna keep going and going and the thing is it's taught me obviously like I said um, back when I was in cheerleading it taught me dedication and it taught me you need to fight for something if you want it like that from the get-go I've always been like that from when I was um, younger and stuff because you can't you can't just go for something and expect it straight away Um, you have to put in the work so I kept on working and finally I got an invite and then obviously when I got to the British I was like damn, I'm out of my league. Like, these are the top dogs. These are the people that are going in and winning these shows now I'm against. Um, and I didn't get, you had to get top 15 to obviously then go to um, your individual round and you show off your um, eye walk. And I got, I didn't get top 15. And I was like, right, what do I need to work on? Um, we worked on it for, um, for I think a few months and we did a show then in November, five weeks later. Um, and I won that show. So, like, for me, I was like, I know what I want and I'm not going to stop until I get it. That's kind of my mindset I have when it comes to bodybuilding. And that's what that, that's the kind of mindset I try and portray on a lot of people because a lot of people kind of, like, 
it's very difficult because they doubt themselves. Um, and I, I, obviously I doubt myself as well. Like there's been so many times where I've been like, I'm not good enough. I shouldn't do this, but I still go after it because I know that's what I want. You shouldn't let your doubts stop you from achieving something. Absolutely. Now, I think it takes a heck of a lot. Like what you just said takes a heck of a lot of a men, like mental resilience. Yeah. I still remember placing fourth in my first show and thinking I was a failure and thinking the world was going to end and whatnot. <laughs> but you just went off the cuss and said, oh, I went fourth, fourth, blah, 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 and then three and I was pro. But yeah. if you were to talk about, you know, that alone is a challenge, that whole like, okay, am I perhaps good enough to, to continue to do this? But mm-hmm. that clearly wasn't even a thought in your mind. But that alongside over the, over the course of all the years, we wouldn't necessarily call you know placing fourth a low and winning yeah. as a high. But if we were to talk about highs and lows over the years, what was there any sort of poignant memories? Could you say, you know what, that was a really low point, but I came out of it and it made me better or discuss some of the highs for us, just for anyone listening yeah. to get a real understanding of like what that takes to, to battle yeah. through that. Well, I say, well, one of my, probably my, not lowest moment, but one of the moments that I keep like playing over in my mind is two times. So when I first turned pro was obviously two years ago. Um, from that point I was like, I want to go to the Olympia. Obviously as every pro you're like, that's my goal. I want to go to the Olympia, the biggest stage in the world. Um, at the time, 2018 wasn't the goal was just to literally turn pro. Um, it wasn't to get an Olympia invite that year or anything like that. So it wasn't planned. Um, the system of how to get an Olympia invite for a bikini athlete, uh, the last two years has been very difficult. You have to do it through points. So even if you win a show, you don't get an invite. Um, or top three or anything like that, you don't get an invite. Um, you just gain points. So I had to do three shows, uh, no, four shows, sorry, to get in, uh, to get points. And 2018, um, well, you have to get points to be in the top 20. So there's no, like, number you have to hit to be in that top 20. You just have to keep going until it was, like, at the beginning of August, whoever's in that top 20 list is going to the the Olympia. That's pretty much how it works. Um, Last, well, 2018, I was four points away from the top 20. Last year, 2019, I was two points away. So, and it's been very, and those are the two points where, it's really, really hard for me because I, that's one thing that I've wanted for two years that I've been chasing and I still haven't gotten. And obviously till this day, I still haven't gotten. Um, and it's very difficult for me to be like, what well, am I worth it? Am I, am I doing everything I can? Um, being that close. Um, I even won, won my first pro show last year in Vegas. Um, and obviously didn't get an invite. And it's difficult to be like, what well, am I, am I worth it? Am I worth going to the Olympia? You do get those thoughts. Um, and, both of those times when kind of the cutoff point came around um, and I find find out that I'm not in that top 20, it, those were probably my lowest moments of like, well, what's the point? Because I tried so hard and I still didn't get it. Um, but for me, bodybuilding is a greater feeling than just the shows itself and like the trophies and the placings and stuff. It's taught me like a lot of dedication, like I said, throughout life um, and going after things um, that you want. Um, and achieving things that you want um, through that dedication and focus instead of just being like, oh, no, I, like I tried once and I couldn't do it. Um, you can put that dedication and focus into all aspects of your life and get where you want to be. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And when I speak to anyone who has you know, done a similar journey to yourself that has made the, the whole life from bodybuilding, they have just a passion that you have as well. That you, When you talk about whether it's 
competing or, or this and the next thing you've experienced over the years and uh, it's just a pleasure to just sit and listen you know so yeah. it's, it's awesome that, that you've done that but what I wanted to say is that would you would you say that the past two years getting so close is that not that the fire needed lit it was already lit before but has it yeah. added fuel to the fire to be like right yeah it's fucking, like every it's year like it's happened twice obviously it's happened twice now so it happened yeah obviously in 2018 it was very very close um and then last year as well was very very close and um it just lit up the fire even more and like it's like little things like on cardio when i'm on cardio and i can't be bothered it sounds very cliche but when i can't be bothered for cardio and i'm like oh this is like a drag i remember the moment where i was feeling low that i didn't get the invite and i was like well if you don't drag your ass through this cardio now you're going to have that feeling again so like it boosts me even more to get that light fire even lit and stuff um it never goes out it never goes out obviously i have those times where i'm like can i do it can i not um Obviously, with all this COVID stuff going on, I'm like, will I be able to get it because I can't fly anywhere? And their doubts do come about, but I'm like, I would rather try than not try at all. Yeah, yeah. At, at least that if you know we're still not able to fly, you you, you did everything that you could to possibly yeah. put yourself in a position. Hundred percent agree. Now, everything that you've sort of spoke about the past sort of twenty minutes leads me to to one sort of big big question and something that you preach a lot which is talking about knowing your own ability, right? You've got the hashtag, the clothing, it's what you're all about. And I think it's a statement and a message that from what you've said, it seems like you have lived and breathed that statement over the years. But for anyone listening that perhaps doesn't know that statement, they want to know a little bit about it, can you just tell us a little bit more about it, you know, about how, how you, why you live by that, how you preach it, and how they can maybe implement it into their life? So, well, so Know Your Own Ability was actually a YouTube series when I was going after my pro card. Um, so I have like a, I have a YouTube and I kind of like document my prep, everyday life, all that type of thing. And I was thinking of what I could call my series obviously going towards my pro card. And I was like, well, what can it be? Um, because I've been chasing obviously my pro card for a while. Um, but I want to, want it to be a journey where I can show people that you can do, you can achieve this, you can do this um, and achieve what you want. Um, and that's where no university came from. And it was just the pretty much the definition is just in the name, like knowing your own ability and knowing your worth, knowing that you can succeed in what you want when you go for it. And that's, that's why I kept on like saying throughout my whole series, like, when I say the words know your inability, it makes me come, it brings me back down to earth if I'm feeling doubtful or if I'm feeling like I can't do something, um, which obviously happened a lot going after something like a pro card. It was very, it's very draining, you know, it's very hard and you do get those mental, t- mental times where you're like, can I actually do this? You see other people on Instagram and they're looking great and you're like, God, I'm going up against her or him. Is this actually going to like, like happen I don't know and you say know your own ability like Phoebe know your own ability like you can do this and it just brings me back to earth and like it's like yes you can do this um so yeah I created that and when obviously got my pro cards that was like the big title of the name and that was pretty much my um YouTube series for 2018 um and then yeah obviously I had a lot of people say like that meaning really meant a lot to me throughout my prep throughout my life like throughout just ways of just like wanting to achieve something and saying like if I just said no your ability it brought me back down to earth and I was like I want to keep this going so then I can make clothing so people could wear the the actual hashtag and like be proud of it you know what I mean and that they know that they know their own ability 
Um, so yeah, that's why I kind of created it because I wanted people to realize that they can achieve something um, that they think maybe not be achievable, but it is. And when you look back to the sort of, not low points during prep, but the times where like you're so hungry, you just want to eat your own arm off or you're dragging out some cardio, is that just something that you just say out loud or you say in your head and it's just that flip? I just want to, yeah, say it in my head. I'm letting, literally, I say it in my head. I'm like, no, nobility thing. we like, come on, like, do, like, it's kind of like, let's do this. Like, you can do this. That's kind of, it's like a, that, that's kind of the meaning behind it. It's like, you can do this, like, no, nobility. That's what I kind of say in my head. Um, and then for me, everything kind of just goes over from there. Um, so yeah, like it's got me through, it sounds silly, but it's got me through a lot of tough points where I've been like, I can't do this. And then I'm like, yes, you can. Like you have to just sound silly, but talk to yourself and be like, you can do this. Like, even though it's probably sounds a bit silly, but you have to do that to get through the hard points in life sometimes. And the thing is prep, I always say, I always say this prep, prep is a privilege to do anyway. Um, we're very privileged to be able to prep and do all of that type of thing. Um, so for me, that's what I always try and look at. If I feel, oh, I'm really hungry, this is so hard. I'm like, you are privileged to be able to prep, so get the fuck over it, pretty much. Just get it over with. That's the, I'm very much a a tough mentality mindset. Like I'm not like soppy or like oh, I'm struggling really hard. Like I really, I will express my emotions. Say, do you know what today was hard? But this was probably harder. Like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I think something you said earlier in that statement, I don't want to interrupt, I think was a great point, especially for the the young females listening that have just got on the scene. And I work with many females that will come on board and they wanted aspirations of competing in bikini. And I say, listen, you're about two or three years away developing tissue and whatnot. Um, but they might spend hours on Instagram checking out, as you said, you know, the next best thing or, oh my God, I, can't believe I don't look yeah. like her. How does she look like that? You know, was that ever something that you perhaps or had dealt with yourself or the experience with clients or fellow competitors? And, and if so, to someone listening, you know, how would you say they, they kind of get over that or out of that mindset? I think, honestly, when you first come into bodybuilding, everyone will do that, regardless of them, their coach saying, like, don't look on Instagram, don't do this. They'll do it anyway because... And even... I mean, I don't do it now, but the thing is with the pro circuit, it's even worse because... When you're an amateur, you don't know who you're going to be up against. Um, and it's not like, unless you obviously know through Instagram or people have said, oh, yeah, I'm doing this show. With pros, a list comes out the week before with all of the names. Even on Instagram, you get posted and tagged. Even if you try and hide, you will know who you're against. And you're like, oh, I'm against this person. I know this person. Even if you don't look at their Instagram, you'll know. So it's a bit difficult for pros. But for amateurs, even when I was an amateur, I found it very difficult because I would go like, my first, I say, year, I would go looking and be like, okay, who's doing this show? Because I was intrigued, so I was like, okay, how's she doing this? I'm going to try and do it. Um, but that's not what you should do because each individual is different. Um, she might be on an hour and a half of cardio, you might be on 40 minutes. And a lot of the times, I never had to be on a lot of cardio, which is very, very lucky for me. Um, but I know some people that will be on hour and a half, maybe even two hours cardio. And I'm like, am I doing enough? I'm not doing enough. I should be doing more. And I hassle my coach, like, I should be on more cardio. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, because you're not them. They probably have to lose X, Y, Z. You are ahead of time. You don't need to do this. Do you know what I mean? It's different. It's very individual to each person. That's why it's very, very good to have a coach because, I mean, your mentality, obviously, when you're in prep and stuff, it does become very... Um, 
very hard to like um handle mentally like things mentally in terms of like looking at other people comparing um and and, and just trying like looking at yourself sometimes you don't see yourself clearly in terms of you look good sometimes you'll be too critical on yourself which happens a lot but going back to obviously the instagram thing in terms of what you can do obviously you're going to be able to you can look on instagram like you look on instagram and you don't have to look for the people um but don't become obsessed with comparing like don't try and hide yourself from it because that i think that becomes worse because if you try and hide it you then want it to, to see it more. And it's not a case of, go. let's go looking for it. Just have that middle ground. Oh, look, she, she looks great. She's doing my show. Cool, great, scroll. Just don't let anyone, like, blind you from your path, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's what I've really found. It's t- it takes a long time to do that. Like, it's taken me only really, I'd say 2019, I kind of, like, got past that. I was like, you know, I don't care who I'm against. I'm she looks great, I'm here for a good time, like, I'm here competing against her, it's fine. Like, it doesn't faze me, whereas before it did, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this show because so-and-so is doing that show. Um, And, you know, you kind of get over that slowly but surely, but it's just having that middle ground and just focusing on yourself. Um, If you focus on others too much, then it will blind you from, like, where you need to go, if I'm honest. So just for, for people looking for advice, obviously not comparing and that type of thing, it's just making sure that you are focusing on yourself and not others. It's like a big point in bodybuilding. Um, obviously, it's hard because obviously you at some point you will be compared against each other, so it is difficult, but let the judges do that, not you. Yeah, and you know what? I don't think I've had... I don't think I've asked a question like that and had that same response. I think a lot of the responses I've had before has been, yeah, get off it, unfollow those accounts, blah, blah. But you kind of said that, well, from experience, still follow them, that's cool, just keep yeah. scrolling. And, and, and I guess... The advice of keep scrolling might be something to for for young females out there to to reiterate in their head if they are looking at bench. Oh my god, she looks amazing. She looks amazing. Great point that I just thought if anyone's listening that's, that's listened a lot before, yeah, they've obviously never heard that advice. But yeah, what I want to do is kind of go back a little bit, take a little bit of a one eighty to when you first start competing, and and just in general, you mentioned that before you used to be cardio bunny and. Perhaps when you went into to bodybuilding, right at the start, you trained it a certain way. But when you decided, I'm going to go for a specific federation, you know, yeah. IFBB, did your training change much at all? How did it change? And, you know, because we'll know, and I spoke about this in the last podcast with Emma Heinemann, different categories uh, in federation, sorry, look for different things. But yeah. for yourself... Did you change your training to suit the category or do you just train because you fucking love it? That, that's interesting to be fair. So when I first started training, obviously, like I said, I was cardio bunny and then my sister actually plays rugby. So she has to train anyway. So she kind of got me into the gym. She was like, let's go into the weights area now at the leisure center. I was like, let's go because um, I do want to try and learn how to do it. So she taught me how to squat. She taught me how to kind of like do all the like um, simple movements with like dumbbells and stuff, all that sort of thing. And then a lot of the time I just researched a lot of stuff. So I typical stuff I researched was how to build glutes. How do I do this? How do I do that? And it's actually really simple because it's generally that simple for people to get kind of into now. You could just Google it and say, how do I do this? And you can learn it. Obviously, it's better sometimes when you have a trainer because then you can they can say, okay, let's do this form instead of that. Um, and it's a lot easier to get in a better form um, and you don't have to waste your time getting in bad form and stuff. But... Um, yeah, so from there, obviously, I was probably 
working very, very high reps. I didn't really push myself a lot with the weights. I was kind of like just literally doing like five kilo shoulder press for like 20 reps and being like, yep, that's okay. And that'll be it. Um, That was back in like, I would say like 2014, 15. Um, And then... I started lifting heavy when I met my um, partner and uh, in 2016 we kind of like slowly increased the weight for things and then I got myself a trainer as well in 2016 to 2017 Um, and I was very much progressive overload based so I and I still believe in progressive overload now um, and it helped me build obviously a lot of my muscle anyway because that's the way to build muscle and stuff like that Um, also being a carry surplus all that type of thing. Um, so we had, we went in an off season, built up my muscle, came back down, um, into prep and we still pushed for progressive overload in 2019 was the turning point for me where I had kind of reached my limits of how much I could gain. So 2018, obviously I um, earned my pro card and I carried on doing pro shows from when was it June till November. And a lot of the feedback was you're very big for a bikini girl. So I like in terms of thickness and stuff. So um, we kind of tried to bring down training, but I was very much like, I love training heavy. I love lifting heavy. I'm not going to do that. Um, And then we slowly start to see the results would get lower and lower. So I was kind of coming say about second, second, third, third, and then I got less um, lower placings. um, And they were like, your feedback is you're too big. You're too bulky. You pose quite hard. Um, that's a few of the things that need to change. And I switched coaches in 2019 to Team Elite Physique in, um, in America. And I went to visit him in uh, March. And that was when he was like, you are very, very big for a bikini girl. And if you carry on doing progressive overload and building quite a lot of muscle, you will not get to where you want to be because this is always going to be feedback. So I was kind of like, well, I either stop training the way I love right now just for the moment so I can kind of like get the look that they want um, and then kind of progress from there. So in terms of obviously answering your question, changing your training to fit the category, yes. So I kind of trained pretty much like when back in 2016, like a bodybuilder, because obviously my boyfriend taught me progressive overload, all that type of thing. And it, it I slowly tried to then, we had to try and change it because I was building too much. So yeah, I had to change my training a lot. I've now kind of found a middle ground now where I do lift heavy sometimes, but not all the time. It's obviously mind muscle connection, making sure I'm focusing on lifting the weights properly. Yes, getting to a point where you lift heavy weights, but I'm at the point now where I can't build anymore. So I can't lift as heavy, which kind of sucks because I did love lifting heavy, but I do, I save that for my off season, if I'm honest, and build up my um, lifts then and stuff like that. And then when I'm in prep, I will lift whatever I need to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Doesn't It doesn't, sometimes doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I couldn't really, I can't at the moment really progressive overload train as much as I'd want to. Yeah. So let's say, for example, you get to the point, you get to the biggest stage, you get a trophy, you get the big thing. Would you then just say, right, I'm just going to start getting big, I'm going to move up categories, and I'm going to do, I'm just going to get huge. You know, was that what you would do? Or? It's so weird because I haven't actually thought of that, if I'm honest. Like, if you actually have achieved all the things that you want, what do you do next? Do you then move on to the next category? I don't, I love figure because one of my, one of my best friends, Rhea Gale is actually a figure competitor and I love the shape of figure. Like she's absolutely like a gorgeous shape and I love watching the figure girls. I actually went to the Olympia last year to watch her um, and 
see the, the figure girl category absolutely insane like they're gorgeous and but for some reason I just don't I wouldn't want to do that myself I really like the the way bikini is going especially at the moment in 2020 it is more of a muscular look so now my physique is favoring the category more and I feel like if I was obviously to go into figure I would have to take a very very long time off um to build the muscle that need that they are that that is needed for their category um so, which obviously I wouldn't mind doing, but I also, I really do like the bikini category, especially where it's going at the moment. So I probably wouldn't change. No, I would, if, if it came to it and I'd achieved everything, I'd achieved Miss Bikini Olympia, everything, I, then I'll just go to, I don't know, I'd coach, um, go on to coaching. I'd probably still carry on if I'm honest and compete because I just love competing and going on stage. It's something that I really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to ask that because it's something that I'll always ask a you know, I've had a couple of um, IFBB pros on here. Uh, Emma was one, Con was one, I and mean, I'll tend to say, you know, what's what's the big goal after? Because I'm not, I'm never going to say what's the big goal because I know it's going to be when yeah. fucking the big trophy on the biggest stage. But it's can you see past that? But often, I guess maybe perhaps you get so fixated on on the number one thing, you ain't thinking about out yeah. after it. You're just thinking about that one thing. Would you say? Yeah. That? Sorry, on you go. That's no, right. A lot of people say that with their pro card and stuff so obviously they go off their pro they're like all i want is my pro card i want my pro card um and when even when because me and marie actually got our pro cards at the same show and we kind of like sat in once we'd achieved them we were like is this the feeling like of getting your pro card because it was kind of like a a feeling we thought would be a lot higher if that makes sense we were like what well, is this what we wanted like i don't it, it didn't feel like we'd achieved it because we were like okay now what do you know what I mean? And then I think it took like a day or two to kind of get over those feelings. And then we're like, okay, now hit that. This is where the real hard, uh, the real work really starts. Do you know what I mean? So um, get to obviously where we want to be. It was just a case of one thing got replaced by another. Yeah. You achieve it and you go, oh, fuck. Let's, let, let, let's That's the thing. It's very much, I'm very much like that. I mean, I'm, I think I'm too much like that in the sense where I do, when I achieve something, okay, and then on to the next goal. I don't celebrate enough which obviously you should but i don't stay in that celebratory like bubble for long i'm like okay next that's that's kind of how i work um and i think a lot of people find it difficult to get out of that like yes i've achieved this i'm so happy blah blah and then they're like oh fuck now what and then they realize and they're like okay now what do i do i'm kind of like celebrate for a week a day if not even a week a day and then i'll move on and be like okay now what's next i'm yeah. very much like that I always happen <laughs> absolutely no your experience over the years, the amount of shows you've done, and the amount of other competitors you probably know, I think that you'd probably be one of the best people to, to give advice on where to start. And by that I mean that there's many females out there that look up to you and you, you're a massive inspiration to them. They want to achieve the accolades you have. Um, and, you know, if they, if they haven't even done a show yet, where would you say they should start competing in you know you talked about at the start you did a, a university sort of style show yeah. um, to then be able to you know some of them don't even know what an IFB pro card is so you could th- chuck yeah. that in there as well so yeah. where, where, where should they start do you think I mean in terms of not even looking at shows yet I always if, if they have a kind of like the mentality or the question like oh I kind of want to compete I always like look say like look what do you want to compete for why do you want to compete and like really look at those questions because I think a lot of people see the trophies the glam and they're like oh my god I want that and then they get into the hard work and they're like oh I didn't want this um 
So you have to really ask yourself, like, do you actually want to compete? What do you want to compete for? If it's just for a hobby and you want to try it out, that's ab- and you know it's going to be a challenge, I want to try and challenge myself, that's absolutely fine. Like, that's great to have a challenge to work towards. I think competing is very good for that as well. But also, if you're wanting, if you're looking at the glam, you're looking at the trophies, all that type of thing, and you want that, just be aware that there's a lot of hard work behind it. Um, and ask, like I said, ask yourself the question of like, okay, why do I actually want to compete? Why do I want that? Why is competing kind of intriguing me to want to compete, if that makes sense? Um, that's, that's where I evidently start. And then in terms of like um, federations and stuff, just look up all different types of federations because there's so many and see which one actually fits your personality and like what you prefer because some people um there's like say purely miami pro wbff they're very glam not over the top but very showy shows there's a lot of people that are very much like that personality wise that they would love to do that type of federation they do maybe a pca you could be a fifth federation they're like oh this is boring like you have to make sure that you're competing because uh, competing for a show or for a federation that you enjoy as well um not just kind of like the trophies and stuff um that's where i'd kind of start and um, look at what federation fits your personality um, and what fits you best um, and then look into the goals deeper and be like okay how far can this federation actually take me if i'm wanting to get my pro card maybe one day if I'm actually wanting to go like further in this how far can this federation take me and um, that's kind of what I looked at when I did when I was looking for shows I was like okay what do I want to do now after mass SPC um, because I knew that was a, a warm-up as such so I was like well I want my pro card at the time to be fair there's obviously now loads of different pro cards like PCA pro cards um uh be uh, is it BMBF? Is it BMBF? I think it's DFCA Pro Cards. Yeah, so that's the one. Uh, there's so many Pro Cards, I can't keep up with yeah. um, There's loads of different, obviously, types of Pro Cards that you can get. So, like, which Pro Card do you want to go for? When when people say Pro Card now, there's loads. So, which one would you want to go for? Yeah. How far can that federation evidently get you being a pro? Like, what can you get from it? Um, that type of thing. Because being a pro is also, like, a... Um, it's almost a business as well. It's a status that you have. Like, okay, how far can I go with that? What can I? What can being a pro get me? And how? Like, how can I um, expose myself and help my business and stuff? That's kind of what you want to look at it like, I guess. That's probably very overwhelming for someone that's literally like, I just want to compete. Um, but um, look at look at why you want to compete first. Why is it intrigued you competing? Um, and then go for looking at federations that fit your personality um, most of everything. Yeah, I, I always just wanted to ask that because I think that at times social media, you know, we go on Instagram, we see, oh, well, someone's a pro, so I want to be a pro, you know, and yeah. th- they maybe don't see what's went into it. And if yeah. someone has has never perhaps heard of you before and then realises, oh, wow, she's done 28 shows in four years, I, here's, I'm going to struggle to do one, they kind of get more of a, of a realisation of, of what it takes and the... Yeah it's not easy and no. I think that at times the one thing that frustrates me about the industry is that it's like a competition to see how much of a breeze it's either two there's two camps there's one like oh preps a breeze everything's fine or it's like oh I'm the hardest worker in the room I'm grinding every day and I'm hustling yeah. right and there's no middle ground there's no like yeah it's today I'm having a good day or like it, you see yeah you see a lot of the either one or the other there's no like middle ground which I do I do agree with and I don't because I feel like there is people that are 
like I mean everyone obviously is working their absolute hardest and stuff but I feel like some people like I said it's individual to each person some people just don't find prep a struggle in terms of like because they they have high metabolisms their genetics are different to other people's some people have to grind hard to get that body fat off like everyone's very very individual and that's why I think it's difficult for Instagram because obviously everyone nowadays has Instagram and everyone's on Instagram so they'll see someone online and be like oh she's not even struggling I'm struggling like I'm doing something wrong or she's doing loads I'm doing nothing like I'm doing it wrong do you know what I mean um that's why I, that it's difficult but it's always making sure you can focus on yourself yeah and I just realized that I said what 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 it takes me about the industry but I guess I should ask you the same question is there anything yourself whether regards to the industry competing that really frustrates you maybe it's something that's developed over the years is there anything at all um I mean I, I think you kind of said it in terms of the way I mean obviously people don't obviously admit everything on Instagram and this is what that's probably kind of probably irritates me a little bit with the industry is that people are like untrue if that makes sense and yeah. not they kind of portray things to be either easier or harder than they actually are um and the honesty sometimes behind not the bodybuilding world but just fitness industry in general um it's very like I mean that's Instagram in general it's very highlight reel just showing the good sides um nowadays you see a lot of the bad sides as well which I do I think I appreciate more when people say look I'm having a shit day we all get them let's move on that's what I like seeing and that's why I particularly tend to follow people in their journey because people are just being honest um whereas some people kind of are like yeah I'm having I'm doing really well this is great doing this and then actually behind the scenes they're hating it and dying and do you know what I mean and it's not something that I particularly would want to follow and it does frustrate me sometimes because you're like well why would you just not want to be honest because your followers want to know the real side of prep and stuff and you see it a lot more nowadays in terms of people um, being open and honest which I really like about the industry but I think when I first started I um very like it was very very saturated in terms of like oh I'm doing really, really well. This is great. And then I would speak to someone and she's like, yeah, I'm doing like horrible. And I'm like, you just posted you were doing great. Like what? Like, so it, that's probably one thing that annoys me about the fitness industry. And I think it's just Instagram in general. It's very much like, um, you have to take it with a pinch of salt. I think that's a lot. That's very important for a lot of people to do, especially when they're starting in the industry, um, or in bodybuilding and stuff, take everything with a pinch of salt. And if you need to take time off social media, then do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. So. But I think that, I probably back in the day when I say back in the day I mean 2017 was probably very hard nosed and would not show any vulnerability but that was just simply because yeah. I was a man and was like yeah it should be this way but that's, I think that's a man, a man thing sometimes I can know I never really see like a lot of the males say like I'm struggling it's like yes this is do or die you know like that kind of mentality um, but I think a lot of people have that mentality nowadays which is also um great to see that because it's very inspiring from honest um it's nice to see like oh he's ha he's working his absolute hardest so i need to do be doing the exact same because he's going to beat me otherwise that's kind of the mentality i have a lot of the time when i'm either training or in cardio i'm like well if you are lazy at any point there's someone that's going to be there working harder and they'll beat you so that's kind of what my motivation is like on the daily absolutely now I know we've not got a huge amount of time left but what I wanted to ask you and, and everyone's probably going to kill me if I don't is just any advice you'd give to some females out there that are training in the back garden maybe they've got a dumbbell maybe they've got one barbell they've got a band and they're probably thinking fuck 
when's the gym's opening, when are shows yeah. going to go ahead? Just any words of encouragement that you would perhaps give them? I would say just to keep going, if, if, if whether or not you're in prep or you're in um, your off-season or you're just training in general, um, just keep going because I think a lot of the times people people can't adjust the, to new environments um, and it's very important to be able to do that, especially when you're bodybuilding and stuff, when you're like, sometimes it's good to obviously, in bodybuilding you can have like your own environment and you're very seg- segregated to that, but there's things that are going to change throughout that, so you've got to get used to adapting Um and stuff like that so I think it's not a lot but keep going because there is light at the end of the tunnel and you are gonna be be proud of yourself for having that dedication throughout quarantine throughout COVID um, and then when you come to the gyms you'll be like I'm really proud that I kept on going now I can continue this hard work in the gym instead of kind of just giving up and being like oh I'll wait till the gyms open up um and stopping and then restarting everything over again just keep going and kind of remember why you're in the industry that's bodybuilding yeah, I love that. Now, one thing that's probably off topic of bodybuilding, you can ask answer this in regards to anything in life, and I tend to ask this at the end of the podcast, is what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned in life? And from that lesson, is there any advice you'd give to someone listening that's perhaps going through the same thing? Oh, God. I'm it's like, tough, um, it's a tough one. I would say it is probably it comes down to like the, the dedication and kind of like the focus and stuff, bringing that kind of like back again. Um, is that obviously very very cliche this kind of like saying but obviously if you want something you go after it and don't go like you don't stop until you've got it um, I think that's very very important to me um, and I've used that phrase in so many aspects of my life because of bodybuilding um, and a lot of the times even when I didn't I didn't know bodybuilding I didn't have bodybuilding but I was obviously cheerleader um, I didn't use that phrase a lot of the times because I was like oh it's fine um, but that phrase is very important to me now in terms of like actually having that dedication and working towards something because once you achieve it it has you have that that such that amazing feeling of like I actually works for this and works really really hard and put my all into it and I have it now and now I can move into the next go and have that exact same mentality um so I think the biggest lesson for me is definitely going after something that you want and not stopping until you get it is definitely my motto that I would live for because it's taught me a lot in life and got me to places that I want to be do you know what I mean fantastic now, if there's anyone listening that has absolutely loved the podcast, uh, the podcast, and wants to hear a little bit more, I just wonder, could you just let them know how they get in touch with you, Instagram handle and whatnot? Yeah, so um, my Instagram handle is just Phoebe Hagen um, underscore after, and then the same with my YouTube channel. Those are the two um, that you can kind of get in hold, uh, get in contact with me. And my YouTube is Phoebe Hagen again. Um, and then if you wanted to contact me through email or anything like that, you can find my email through my Instagram. Fantastic. Now. A massive thank you for myself for coming on the podcast. Um, I know that Clara, who is her name, uh, who's the, the, the bikini coach, will be listening um, and buzzing about it. But not only that, a lot of the other listeners as well that that know you are a huge inspiration, not only to, to them as competitors, but I'm sure just them as you know, strong females, figures well, within, the, within the industry today. So a massive thank you. And for anyone listening, uh, please go give Phoebe uh, a follow, uh, support her in her journey. And everything that she does, because um, she will certainly give it the beans.